guys. Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast, presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I'm with... Caroline. My adopted daughter. <laughs> we are here today. We're having a good time. We're talking about some new films, a lot of films that are happening this week at the Prince Charles Cinema, but also we have a special guest this week for the first time ever. It's Sam Napier. Yeah, making his debut. Making his debut. How you doing, Sam? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a nice day. It's nice out. It's nice out, yeah. I cycled here. I got some chai tea with me. Nice. Sounds I'm good. Ready to podcast, you know. <laughs> it's uh, nicer than it was this past weekend. Yeah. And as the crow said last week, it can't rain all the time, guys. Exactly. So it's it's a little <laughs> bit nicer. But it's cold out there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice and cold. I like it. Caroline, what have you been up to in the last week? Oh. Um, Working a lot, uh, front of house, event managing, um, doing my illustrations again. Uh, <laughs> uh, they need they need to finish very soon. We'll see if I make it on time. Yeah. Um, not much, just hanging out with people. Um, yeah, I had a nice, uh, after a shift yesterday, I went out with Sophia. Some wine. And then we had a nice sleepover and we watched Clerks. Clerks. She watched it for the first time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. One like of my it. faves. She did like it. Yeah, she did. Nice. You need to show her Maholan Doctor. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be aware, we are recording while the cinema is open as well. So you might hear some background noise, which uh, is par for the course for this podcast. So, you know, enjoy. Um, if someone starts speaking to us, uh, we'll, we'll try our best to, to speak to them back. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Sam, it's first time on. You've been That's at right. the cinema how long now? Uh, I think five months. Jesse About five months. Five months. Yeah. Today, yeah. Oh, really? yeah so Sam started at the same time as Jesse, who was on our podcast, I think episode 20, maybe, with Terminator and Terminator 2. So uh, how's it feel to finally get your shot at it? Sorry, yeah, it's taking itching, so long. Man. I've been itching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always good doing these podcasts because like, um, sometimes with newer people that I didn't get a chance to train, I haven't properly gotten to know him yet so yeah. i was saying the other day is like a good chance to kind of sit down and talk to you because i haven't really gotten a chance to properly meet you like yeah. <laughs> see each other in, passing most of the time might be in for the beginning of a beautiful relationship you know? <laughs> yeah. so um just tell us a little bit about yourself how'd you how'd you get into the prince charles cinema uh i actually went to apply for a job at foils the bookshop around yeah. the corner and i bought one cv and they said you can do it online but I cycled 30 minutes here. So like <laughs> and I went to the Prince Charles. I mean, I used to come here. I got membership and whatnot. Yeah. And I handed it in and they gave me a job. Sweet. And it rules. Five, five months is a very long time for me to be in a single job. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I Are you a jobs. jumper? I, I, yeah, trigger happy with that. Yeah, you used to work at uh, Ripley and Lambert for a little bit as well, I didn't did, you? Yeah, yeah. like what? Yeah, because yeah, you, what is your yourself and your girlfriend started a, a restaurant or a something? restaurant yeah yeah uh, can i do a plug for that yeah go ahead yeah it's called pollo fleas it's a uh, mexican grilled chicken restaurant um that was started in the 70s by my girlfriend's grandpa mm. in sinaloa mexico in the wow mountains. jeez uh it's like all over mexico it's a family business and me and her are starting one here so in like next month hopefully if we sort everything out, you can, if you live in Hackney, order some grilled chicken. So follow poyofleas.ldn on Instagram, P-O-L-L-O-F-E-L-I-Z dot L-D-N. And 
keep you posted. Yeah, we'll let you give another shout out towards the end so yeah, sure. people will remember. And also we'll try to tag it as much as we can when this okay. episode goes out. Okay. Yeah, We're always happy to help out our staff members who are doing things outside the cinema to, uh, you know, get more people's eyes on what they're doing. So that's really cool. Yeah. And you're welcome to bring in some uh, chicken. I yeah. did uh, today. You did? Uh, not chicken, I bought our uh, beef barbacoa. <laughs> oh, you can try some sick. if you want. Yeah. I bought like the uh, pickled is- onions and everything. Giving us a new meaning to snack time. Exactly. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Snack time. It's snack time. It's snack time. (laughs) Speaking of snack time, if we're going to speak about snacks, um, (laughs) as the interim snack time, we've got goldfish. Hell yeah. Uh, Pepperidge Farms goldfish. One of the best cheese-based snacks ever made. Absolutely. And for some reason, the UK hasn't caught on to this style of cheese-based snack. Um, but, you know, feel free to pop them open and you. Uh, you know, dude, have, I have think some for yourself. Goldfish have like a slightly different fake cheese flavor, you know? Yeah. It's like slightly less overwhelming than like the yeah. powdery fake, fake cheese. Oh. Uh, and they rule. I think they say that it's uh, baked with 100% real cheese. So hey, Real cheese. Wow. Yeah, Look at that's that. That's why it's fucking awesome. Shouts out Pepperidge Farm, man. <laughs> But uh, feel free to pop them open and uh, get some ASMR crunchy bits sounding. Oh, on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory before you came to the Prince Charles Cinema. Where are you from? And, uh, uh, how'd you get into films and, or whatever I, you're into? Uh, I grew up in America. Is where I'm from. From America as well. From, from Madison, New Jersey. Uh, well, I'm English, but I grew up there when I was a kid. I moved to Cambridge. Uh, not a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. But I went and studied film in Norwich. Yeah. Not a lot going on there. Uh, <laughs> and then finally came to London to do a master's in creative writing. Where'd you go for that? City. Yeah. Did novel writing. A two year degree that has earned me absolutely nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's like a common theme here at the Prince Charles yeah, Cinema totally. amongst our staff members totally. who have gone for film school. But hey, you know. Screw it, you know, yeah. you're getting a cool degree in and uh, maybe one day it will pay off. Well, you know, I if, got a cool job now. I yeah. don't need a degree. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the industry, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so what's uh, some of your favorite films then? Some of my favorite films? You know, I was, uh, you know, on Letterboxd, you like, when you personalize your profile, you get, you pick your four favorite films. Yeah. Mine are just miserable, man. I chose like... <laughs> uh, Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. You ever see that movie? I haven't seen that it's one. It's amazing. Paul Schrader yeah. movie about mm. uh, Yukio Mishima. Uh, another Paul Schrader movie I had first reformed. Oh, yeah. Really okay. Yeah. Movie. Like, yeah. Amazing. But, uh, and then it was Eyes Wide Shut. And fuck, I forget the last. Something else miserable. <laughs> I guess that's my like vibe, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Eyes Wide Shut, you actually, I asked you if you had another film you wanted to talk about this week and you said eyes wide shut and i had to shoot you down but that's because we're going to do an eyes wide shut episode in a couple weeks but you're more than welcome to come back on yeah i want to and join this man uh, join this man rob who's in the bar area giving us evil stares (laughs) 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 you know while we're at it we've got our goldfish in front of us we've talked a little bit to sam we'll get to know you as we go along but uh let's get into a little bit of user feedback. Hey, 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 user feedback. Listen to feedback segment. 
So from last week's episode, uh, we talked about The Crow and Brandon Lee and all that sort of stuff. Our pals at Filmageddon said this is a good episode in the Brandon slash Bruce Lee similarities segment is spooky. <laughs> it is pretty weird, actually. It was strange doing all that research for that stuff. It's a bit strange. All this. Do you know much about that? No, Sam? nothing. It's so strange. Just like Brandon Lee and Bruce Lee's like the family curse and stuff. And there was a lot of similarities right. between like the it was like the fifth film they each did that they passed away on really? and it was like before they how did brandon lee die well he was sh- shot oh, uh, shit. <laughs> during the making of the crow oh fuck i, I know nothing you know about, about that okay no. you need to listen to yeah. last week's yeah, episode yeah, <laughs> but yeah um, while they were making the film uh they had a prop gun that had like a oh, like a bullet inside that was you know just as a blank, but it wasn't meant to be shot at him during this one scene. But it, they were using it for another scene. The bullet got lodged in the barrel. No one checked it, and then the actor shot him, and it unfortunately killed him. God and, damn! Yeah, so they had to complete the rest of the film like with uh, special effects and the body doubles and stuff. He died right then and there. Uh, I think they took him to the hospital and yeah. he lasted like a little bit longer, but yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, again, we had a, a, I don't know, this person named Ari, Ariane Inandita, um, email. Uh, she tweeted in to say, uh, my, my small big bro and regular size cyst with allegedly larger feet than me do a kick-ass job co-hosting this episode, feeling proud and very sad. Sad face emoji. <laughs> oh, we miss her yeah. so much. <laughs> I promise I will get her on at some point. We're going to figure out the best way to do it, but we will have her on, everyone. So don't worry. She'll be back. If you're having your Ariane uh, withdrawals, she'll be back on soon. <laughs> uh, and our pal, oh, hi, Jamie. He said, uh, another top quality podcast. A tall for all should be proud of his adopted kids as they were delightful co-hosts. <laughs> And uh, then he said, here's a piece of useless wrestling information because we got to have some wrestling in there anyway. Uh, Scott Hall was the person who gave Sting the idea to use the Crow gimmick in WCW. And I went on basically a nice conversation with him for a while to tell him that like, oh, yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't want to ostracize the the whole listener base by talking about wrestling for like 30 minutes. But me and Phil could probably do that. I don't know if you're a wrestling fan. No, no. I was never allowed to watch wrestling, you know? You weren't? I, I, I oh, wanted man. to. Uh, my friends did. And we'd like played wrestling in their garden yeah. or whatever. But my mom was anti-wrestling. How long so. did you grow up in America for? For like eight years. Eight years? Yeah. And you didn't get any of that wrestling in you? No, man. man. I, sheltered up. I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. Really? Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel like this podcast is going to take a turn into finding out why you're so sheltered. <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> hey, screw the films and stuff. We're just going to yeah. break really it down. Delve into my brain. <laughs> um, this week at the Prince Charles Center, we're talking about the films that are playing from Friday the 15th of November. Uh, for the whole week from Friday, we've got a new film called Little Monsters. Are you guys familiar with this? Yeah. Vaguely, yeah. I'm yeah. so excited for that. Yeah, it's uh, Little Monsters follows Dave, who's played by Alexander England. He's a washed up musician who volunteers to chaperone his nephew's kindergarten class field trip after taking a serious liking to the fearless school teacher, played by Miss Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, Lupita Nyongo. Uh, from us and uh, Black Panther. Dave's intentions are complicated by the presence of the world fam- uh, world's most famous kids show uh, personality, who's played by Josh Gad, and uh, competition for Miss Caroline's affections. 
Um, but one thing they didn't bargain for was that there was going to be a sudden zombie outbreak. <laughs> it sounds great. I cannot yeah. wait to see this. You just tack a zombie outbreak on yeah. the end of every movie. You know, you can yeah, do yeah. All again then. Um, I don't know if they were trying to go for that vibe of like, uh, was was the uh, One Cut of the Dead that came out last year. It sounds kind of like um, From Dusk Till Dawn, you know? Yeah, yeah. You just like start out with a a movie Uh, and you get invested in that and then it's just like, forget that, there's vampires. Vampire film, yeah. (laughs) For sure. But yeah, that's going to be playing for the whole week. It'll be interesting uh, to see how that one goes down with the audiences. Um, Looks pretty fun. Uh, I can't remember. Paul, shout out Paul had uh, seen it or not but I remember he was like helping get it into the, the cinema and everything yeah I didn't know I've not heard anything about it before mm-hmm. I saw it on I saw it on a poster outside I was like wait yeah. a minute also uh, for the whole week we've got Star Trek the motion picture for the full week is screened from an original 35 millimeter print and that print also features like the original overture from uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Cool. And also, it has apparently a different title sequence than you would see in later oh, yeah? uh, digital versions of the film, like different releases yeah. digitally later. So it's kind of That's an interesting cool. thing to look out for. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if it was Eddie or if it was Pat or so, but someone upstairs and proje- who's helping out in projection was looking at the print a while back and was pretty excited about it so um but they uh, it will possibly be pink so just a heads up any uh film fans out there but you know it is an old print it's uh 40 years old um and some of those old prints do happen to turn pink depending on what kind of uh film stock was used on it but yeah that's what happens from time to time also do you guys know what else is coming this week for basically the whole week in the next couple of weeks and for a while <laughs> uh Joker? Joker. Yeah. yeah. Joker. Joker. <laughs> Fucking heading to the brew, heading to get my gyro, and I pass this couple of buses at the side of the road. Everybody's piling off the front one into the one behind old folk one. This is ridiculous. Never used to be like this with the corporation buses. I was like, I see, we've got ourselves a break then. Checks to see where they're all heading. Joker. I just pissed myself laughing. Ha! We'll have a Joker episode, right? Um, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try to. So. Yeah. I, the thing is, it kind of snuck up on me. I didn't realize it was this yeah. week. And I was doing all the planning for this uh, episode. And I was just like, my God. Um, how did Joker sneak into yeah. this week? Yeah. <laughs> is that this week then? Yeah. The first 70 millimeter I'm going to be playing on Saturday the 16th. It's so strange to me that 70 mil. Yeah, they mm-hmm. struck a 70 millimeter print. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we finally get it here. I've not seen it yet. Have you guys seen Joker? Yeah. yeah. I saw it the day it came out in IMAX. Uh, What's your guys' opinions? Um, I mean, you didn't have to see it in IMAX. Yeah. But it, I, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, I think the soundtrack is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about uh, laughing and crying. Just that all the songs have like this theme to it which I like and I think fucking Phoenix amazing of I think mm-hmm. he's it's incredible like I think it's a really really good film it's yeah. got a lot of um uh, negative feedback for, from some people I'm like I don't I don't follow you I really like it yeah I mean it's a pretty controversial film I guess like, yeah it all is around, so yeah that's the thing I, yeah. I think the actual content of the film doesn't deserve that controversy you know mm-hmm. like, yeah like if it felt very manufactured that mm-hmm. that you know the whole controversy around it like yeah 
there's kind of that subplot where he's like an incel and has like an imagined relationship with with that with the, well you haven't seen it but with with, with that woman uh but like beyond that i mean it is it's very clearly very very explicitly just about class you know yeah and, yeah yeah and that that was not mentioned in any of the controversies um but yeah it's a cool movie I, I went to see it the literally the day after i saw the irishman um in the same theater in like just about the same seat <laughs> <laughs> and it was like um i think because it like goes to scorsese so heavily yeah for like its references yeah definitely uh i was a little bit like i you know i just watched the irish room yeah i kind of want to watch like king of comedy or whatever yeah and, yeah yeah but yeah i mean it, it's like um it's one of those movies which is just like it's kind of neatly made yeah and like as you say like whacking you can count on him yeah you, you can always. count on so many elements of that movie it's just like it's never done anything good. Good. bad i would say yeah I'm, i don't know maybe next week's episode um yeah. We'll see what happens if I can try to get myself into a Joker screening sometime this weekend. If I get myself in, similar to this week's episode, what we're going to talk about in a bit, uh, managed to catch a film and it gave us content. So we'll see if that happens. And maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about Joker because it is going to be around for like a little while. Yeah. And uh, it's also going to come back in January as well. So we're going to be showing it from 70 millimeter for quite a bit. So if you want to get your tickets to that, just look at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Just type in Joker into the search bar or find it however you find your films on our website. And you'll find all the listings and you can see where it's playing. Uh, mind you, it will possibly be getting added in on digital as well. I'm not too sure. Um, we have requested that we get a DCP for the run just in case right. if we do have some screenings you know films show upstairs we don't have seven millimeter up there but we might add a joker screening in up there as well so we'll see what happens um but yeah this week there's a couple of other cool things coming up um do you have any picks yourself caroline um i mean i uh i like harry potter i'm not harry gonna, potter? i'm not gonna <laughs> lie uh, yep. Yeah, we're showing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, part that? one and two. Part one and two. So, so the last two. Yeah, basically seven and eight. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, part one and two, the last book. So Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one and two, um, is a thirty-five millimeter exactly. double feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I saw the end of that movie last night when I got home from work. I think oh, myself, the I think so. That's was it just on, on TV or something? Yeah, it was on that ITV. <laughs> and I, I saw the very end of a Harry Potter film. Uh, dang ITV always cutting in on our bookings. <laughs> <laughs> it included a really strange line. I don't know if it is that movie, but there's a line where they're like looking around Hogwarts and just out of nowhere, Harry goes, I never realized how beautiful this place was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know one response. So that was the one that we showed last. Right. Okay. Not this Saturday, but the Saturday before. Oh, so the third, Order, last Order of the Phoenix? Is that that one? No, it's the one where. Um, a big character dies. I'm not going to say uh, who. Okay, yeah. But I can't yeah, remember yeah, the big I, guy up top. I know because I was laughing at that too. Because I actually, I actually watched it right. before mm-hmm. shift. I was like, yeah, I might as well watch Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's screening Saturday afternoon, right? I believe, yeah, or is it, is. it Sunday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. And also Saturday um, is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, that we was have on to my mention list. That. Jurassic Park screening on Saturday. Uh, that one's also, I think, from 35 millimeter as well. Um, I mean, what do I even need to say about that film? I mean, it's green and comes to it. It's awesome. It's on film. Yeah. Comes to it. Um, Sunday, we've got 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 
That's pretty cool. I never um, saw that. Yeah, I'm, I saw it when I was a little kid. It's a pretty classic Disney film. Mm. Um, yeah, very fun. And I think it's worth bringing a kid out to it. If you got kids, I don't know if any of our listeners have kids, but if you do, or if you have a little niece or nephew or whatever you need to keep entertained, come come bring them out. I think kids tickets are only six pounds for that one as well. So yeah. Also this week we got our final two performances of the Final Girls Here Be Witches season. So on Monday we've got Witches Cradle and Black Sunday, a little double feature. And so then cool. Thursday they're showing Belladonna Sadness. That's and Thursday. Yeah. I want to see that, man. I've yeah. never seen that. That looks It looks so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I've you not ever heard seen the music either. from it. Uh, only like a little bit from the trailer when I was like yeah. looking into. You should, you should listen to, to the yeah. like soundtrack album. It's this like it's this, he played this dude played at Cafe Oto the other day. Mm. Some, I forget his name. This Japanese jazz musician who made like it's not really a jazz soundtrack. It's like psychedelic, yeah, uh, like crazy guitar work and shit. It's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. And actually tonight, which if you're listening to this episode on Wednesday, the thirteenth, uh, they're performance of legend of the witches with their panel discussion is actually happening mm-hmm. so if you happen to be listening to it on wednesday as this episode goes out finish listening to the episode and then come out and see it uh but also i did finally get a little interview with final girls and i'm going to put it in now good call Hello, Cinecasters. This is Jonathan Foster here. You're a lovely host. We're upstairs in the ivory tower of the Prince Charles Cinema's design office. Uh, it should be called the Ice Palace right now because it is very cold up here. But I am here with some special guests. It is the final girls. It's Olivia and Anna. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having us. Good. Yeah, we just had a Five, by, five Guys burger, so we're doing pretty excellent. I hit, I, yeah, I hit up the drinks machine too hard. <laughs> now I'm sort of a bit in the sugar high. Do they have the free refills thing? Right? Yeah, yeah they do. and they have lots of crazy flavors, and I went a bit mm. too. That's how you know a place that. is like real, yeah. true American place. Free also, refills. did not know there yeah. was a raspberry version of Coke Zero, or Do like, or a peach version mm. of Fanta. Disgusting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, this fits right in with our usual programming because we talk about snacks all the time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they're here tonight with Practical Magic uh, during their Here Be Witches season of a lot of cool witchcraft films. Completely buzzing. Last week, you guys had uh, The Craft. Yes, we did on Halloween. How did that go down? Oh, man, it was excellent. Um, A lot of really good energy in the room. And also dressed up. Quite a lot of people who'd never seen The Craft before, which always amuses me. Like when people have not seen films that you just assume that are absolutely commonplace that mm-hmm. everybody has seen. And that's kind of the best part of doing screenings, isn't it? Is that people get to discover these films yeah. on the big screen with other people because you get so much of the vibes and the energy in the room through watching a film like that. Yeah, definitely. I wonder what the difference will be tonight though as well because Practical Magic is one of those things where it's equally as cult in a way, but maybe in some circles will be more unknown compared to the craft because the craft had that big 90s teen buzz, whereas Practical Magic is, I don't know, a different crowd. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman. 
And also yeah. it's technically, I mean, it's not really a horror film. It's yeah, more it's of a romantic not, yeah. comedy. Yeah. Although there are some uh, horror elements. I remember watching it in the cinema when I was a kid, when it first came out. And it was scary to me at that point. But mm-hmm. re-watching it over and over again over the years, like it does some quite, it's quite traditional in many ways, but then it does some interesting bits. And I think it's one of those films that was not very successful in release, but then yeah. garnered a cult following almost despite itself. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many kind of very poignant elements of it. You know, the sisterhood elements, the way it portrays witchcraft, the amazing aesthetic, the kind of the mythology that it builds up around a legacy of natural born witches. So with the project here, Bewitches, we wanted to go a bit wider than just horror and just kind of focus on uh, complementary and finding interesting portrayals of witchcraft on screen and how they've been done by cinema across genres yeah so you know we're screening belladonna of sadness which is an animated feature mm-hmm. screen the craft which is sort of this quite campy 90s film mm-hmm. and then screening black sunday which is an outright horror and pairing that with witch's cradle which is an experimental short film so there's quite like a range of films to showcase just how wide and varied the depiction of which which is on screen has been yeah yeah definitely uh, and you got uh, legend, Legends of the Witches coming up next. Yeah, so we got a collection of the witches which I'm super, super excited about. So 197 doc- documentary. We screened a couple of them earlier this year. Like, I have no, no idea what was this year. January 2018, because that's when I got cursed. Where are my days? Oh, yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Side There's note, okay. side note, we Bring screened those films and then Anna's finger like went black the next day oh, and blue. fell off. Um, it did not fall off, it had to be cut off. <laughs> I mean, so she definitely got cursed by which it's back now, it's there. Yeah, um, it still looks a bit weird. But uh, so yeah, so after so on the 13th of November, we'll check you into Homerton Hospital again. But um yeah, we're screening <laughs> Legend of the Witches, which I'm super excited about because it's just been restored by uh, the BFI. But I think um and it's a really nice follow-on. So we screened um, Secret Rights and yeah. what did we screen? The other one? Power of the Witch. And Power of the Witch, which is cool um, last year, which we screened off some kind of random bootleg copy that someone had in the boot yeah, of their car. Yeah, so it'd be really nice mm-hmm. to screen it off a proper restored yeah. version. And they are just bonkers yeah. behind I the mean, scenes. I mean, they're kind of like really exemplary of this very brief period of kind of witch craze in the UK between basically 1970 and 1972. Yeah. Where... Which is because in part, thanks to Maxine um, uh, and kind of Alexander Sanders, who were practicing witches and had a coven and they were very popular with like celebrities and musicians of the time. Being into Wiccan and witchcraft was kind of the cool, seen as a cool thing to do. The bohemians and artists of the time would get involved with and it became very mainstream, you know. Secret Rights, which were screened um, as part of that event in 2018 and which were screening again uh, in our selection of short films on the yeah. 27th of November, is it, it's, a, it's a short documentary commissioned by the BBC. Mm-hmm. And it sort of teeters in the same way as Legend of the Witches between sort of exploitation, horror, uh, pornography and documentary. Yeah. So it's kind of a mishmash of everything. So it becomes a really interesting capsule of its time. And it sort of captures real practicing rituals so it's very kind of rooted in reality but at the same time there's something so fabricated about all of it it's just nothing like i'd ever seen because on one hand if you if you take it as face value it's really scary Mm -hmm. because it's very um it's like stepping inside a real life occult ritual yeah and you know surrounded by people who've 
truly believe in it and are practicing it completely as a, as a very serious faith of theirs. Um, so that becomes really creepy because then you start kind of thinking, you know, what does this all mean? Is this like real life magic that I'm seeing? And like, what are the repercussions of that as an audience member? And on the other hand, you can see it as kind of, you know, oh, this is such a capsule of its time from the 70s of a particular sensibility and a particular kind of cultural craze around this subject matter. Yeah. Um, so it, it just works so well on so many different levels. And it's just just a weird fucking film. And we're going to be unpacking yeah. it afterwards. We've got a little panel discussion as well. So yep. talking through all of that. Is it going to just be you two or are you going to have any guests? We're going to have some guests. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. How's uh, things been going for you guys with the season so far because you got some other places that you're hitting up it's been pretty great so yeah so on saturday we did like a whole uh symposium so it was like a day of various different talks so um we had a lovely talk about um sort of the history of witchcraft on film which is mm-hmm. incredible uh this incredible in conversation with um dr marion gibson who remind me what her official title is she's a senior lecturer at the university of exeter and she specializes in kind of the history of witchcraft and um how it's been represented both in historical documents and across fiction, both like visuals, so film, television, and literature. She's the best job title astounding <laughs> fountain of knowledge. Like, honestly, could have gone on speaking to her for hours. Yeah. And, and then, such a lovely woman as well. And then Kim Sheehan um, did uh, an awesome discussion on uh, Team Witches um, throughout oh, nice. sort of TV and film itself. And then we had like a really, really long discussion, which was, which was fantastic. Um, so yeah, real nice opportunity to kind of unpack some of it. So it's it's good to kind of now be able to kind of follow on and screen some of these films that we've been kind of discussing. Mm. And we've to... also launched our own podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I was going to ask yeah. you about that. How's, how's that and where can people find it? Um, I'm really excited about it because anybody who's talked to me for five minutes knows I'm obsessed with podcasts. Um, it's been really fun. It actually like, we really wanted to do it because it's an opportunity to continue talking about the films. Yeah. Some of which we have screened, some of which we cannot screen. And, you know, it's a way of people to engage with the conversation outside of the people who managed to make it to a, a, an event. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so we're doing the first season focus on witches mm-hmm. to coincide with the season and it's available everywhere. It's on iTunes, Spotify, all kind of podcast apps. Yep. Um, it's called the final girls as well. And um, we've done an episode on the craft and we're publishing an episode about a different film or TV series. We're going to be doing episodes on American Horror Story Coven and on the witches and Buffy and on the chilling adventures of Sabrina as well. So that will all be, kind of being published every week on Thursday afternoons. Sweet. When this goes out, I'll give a shout out and yeah. direct people, our listeners. I oh, think some of our listeners would definitely be into that. We did a cool. craft episode actually uh, yeah. a couple months back as well. And that was a lot of fun. We drank to our sisters mm-hmm. and uh, tried to keep our status in the UK straight. Unfortunately, <laughs> it backfired on one of us, <laughs> but I'm still here. So it's okay. <laughs> 50-50 witchcraft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to go into a little bit before we wrap up. Like mm. you guys have been coming to the Prince Charles for the last couple of years doing this, but you've also been a part of the BFI over the years, many years. And um, so we see a lot. But how did you guys get started with the final girls? How did that start out? 
Um, it's been what two years now? Uh, three. three years. Yeah, wow, and, and our first Jeez. screening was here in yeah. the upstairs yeah. green, which is always nice because we were out there for the craft, and it's always nice to go there. Um, I mean, it started three years ago with like a WhatsApp conversation of us mm. just kind of texting each other on a Saturday morning about films, um, and about horror and women in horror in general, and then it oh, kind Richard of just, Stanley and Richard Stanley, who yeah, yeah, and it's really <laughs> upset with me because I'm at and um, <laughs> and um. Yeah, and it just kind of evolved from there. And like literally in about 10 minutes, we came up with the idea with the film that we were going to do first. And I think we had also cold called Paul to be like, yeah. please can we screen at the Pitch Charles? Um, and yeah, we had our first screening of um, Claire Denise Trouble Every Day, which mm-hmm. is like... Um, yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah, traumatizing. <laughs> like, and sold that out and then realized that it was maybe a thing. And we've just been kind of going since and yeah. sort of playing around with different ideas and different concepts and things like that. So we've sort of done um you know these kind of big focus seasons but we also do sort of every single year which we'll be back again with with um our short touring program where we sort of self-distribute a program of short films by what we kind of feel is some like the most exciting upcoming female directors um and all over the uk so we hopefully we'll be back with that next year yeah sounds good well that's nice i mean because anna you also do underwire as well right i do yeah. yeah it's nice to have a good focus on female uh, yeah like, well the female perspective in in film and also just like you know celebrating women in film in general so that's always yeah, great it's a really um both coming to underwire and the final ghost it's such a an interesting kind of wealth of female film talent mm-hmm. and i think sort of the at the time that we started three years ago it was just the beginning of what people are starting to call now like a wave of feminist horror mm-hmm. so there was just a, quite a few um female filmmakers coming up with who were releasing and being really successful with their horror features. And it's just been nonstop. You know, there's even at the London Film Festival this year, there was quite a few horror films, kind of darker films made yeah. by women. And there's quite a few things as well that are kind of coming out of Fright Fest and other places. So it just feels like a really exciting time to be talking about genre from a different perspective. Yeah, and also to be able to build a platform that might benefit filmmakers in some way. So some of the filmmakers that we toured with were the weirdos in the first year are now making or just finishing their first features or have already made them. So that's already kind of, you know, moving really quickly. And then it's about kind of building and getting more attention for more filmmakers, especially women and female identifying filmmakers who want to make genre because it's such an exciting space. Yeah, it's nice being here at the Prince Charles as well to be a part of that because, like you said, a lot of them will show up in the London Film Festival or Fright Fest or something. Mm-hmm. And we luckily get to be a place that takes part in all those things, which is mm-hmm. great. And uh, yeah, it's great just to have all those great films on our screens and sometimes multiple times in a year. Uh, just to, like, because, yeah, you're, it was short films and stuff. It's great just to be able to see the future of filmmaking it's always really important to have that um i remember that when you know we were shouting about that on uh, when underwire was coming through this past time just like go see these films because it was mostly short films that mm. we were i think it was all short films all that we short did films, here. yeah and it's like yeah just really good time to catch a new filmmaker because you never know who yeah, they'll be yeah exactly no absolutely like um i think prano bailey bond who an extraordinary filmmaker who we toured with um the first weirdos mm-hmm. has just wrapped up on her first feature and uh it's a horror film called censor which i'm really excited to see whenever it's ready nice it's really yeah. cool well uh gotta let you guys get 
downstairs because you only got about five minutes before yeah. you It'll take to get me on about stage. five minutes to get down downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, quickly, do you want to just go through what you have left coming up? Um, Absolutely. So you can check you. us out tonight. If you're here in the next five minutes, you can come see Practical Magic on 35 mil. <laughs> um, next Wednesday and the 30th, uh, 13th, we've um, got those incredible documentaries, The Legend of the Witches, and we'll be unpacking that with a panel discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, we're back on the 18th with Witch's Cradle, uh, which is a really incredible Mayor Duran uh, experimental short film and Black Sunday. Um, and on the 21st, you don't want to miss this one, um, a Japanese animation called Belladonna of Sadness, which seems to just have never screened until a couple of years ago. Mm. Apparently there's about five different versions of it that yeah. exist. So God knows what you're going to see, but and it'll be great. It's really disturbing, but it's also very beautiful. Yeah, so I highly amazing. recommend watching that on a big screen. Yeah, that one looks really, really cool. Because I, yeah. I was putting a lot of the stuff online and I was like, whoa, I've not heard of this film. Oh, I didn't really? know it yet. And I was just like, Honestly, oh. it's incredible. Like yeah. I'd heard of all the other ones and yeah. seen most of them. Like I'd still need to see, well, I haven't seen Legend of the Witches, but still need to see uh, Black Sunday has always eluded me somehow. Mm-hmm. I knew, knew of it. Yeah. The famous yeah. image as well on the poster. But yeah, yeah, missed it. But yeah, it's good to have an opportunity. It's to a chance. It. But yeah, cool. Uh, do you guys want to give a quick little shout of where people can find you online? You can find us. It's really simple. At the Final Girls UK on all channels. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, your podcast things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember. Anything else? Um, well, you can find all of our upcoming events um, on the Final UK. And the Final Girls podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all podcasting listening apps. Sweet. We'll <laughs> share all that stuff for you guys as well, you listeners. Um, thanks for coming on and uh, best of luck with the rest of the season. And we'll see you shortly. Hopefully, we'll have you on again sometime. Thanks so much. Yes, yeah, thank cool. you. Thank you. All right, we're back. Thanks to the Final Girls for joining us for that little bit of an interview. It was nice speaking to them finally. And like I said, if you want to come catch them uh, tonight, French Charles Cinema, they've got Legend of the Witches, which is a really cool British uh, documentary about witchcraft in Britain and stuff and the craze around witchcraft in Mm -hmm. the 70s. And then also they're going to have a nice panel discussion after. And as we mentioned later this week, we got Witches Cradle and Black Sunday on Monday. And then you've got Belladonna of Sadness on Thursday. A thing we talked about a little bit last week. It's uh, getting a second week here, and we promised that we'll talk about a little bit more this week. And that is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. You want to you wanna be a part of this fight? Yes, I do, sir. Would you like to be a part of this history? Yes, I would. Whatever you need me to do, I'm available. Just to reiterate what we said last week, it's an epic saga of organized crime and post-war America told through the eyes of World War II veteran Frank Sheeran, a hustler and hitman who worked alongside some of the most notorious figures in the 20th century, including the legendary Teamster boss Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. So you saw this. Did you see it during London Film Festival? Yeah, I saw it at the Rio Cinema. Yeah, and London Film Festival. And that one day release, they sort of did that, yeah. like because it was across the country, I believe. Uh, yeah, it, it was in out. like yeah. a ton of cinemas. Yeah, um, 
And yeah, Rio's a great cinema. Mm-hmm. Sat right up on the balcony for it. Got comfortable for three and a half hours. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, I've seen it one and a half times since then. <laughs> Did you, so you caught it in, over the week? I saw it by here. Chase here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then, yeah. I think you were sitting in the screening that I caught. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And then, uh, yeah, yesterday, um, it was supposed to be me and Tamir, but Tamir was ill. Oh, okay. I'd get well soon, Tamir. But, oh, yeah. uh, it, it meant I had to watch the beginning of it again. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right. And Caroline, you caught it as well? I did. You caught it Friday, the very first screening we have yeah. Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I caught it the second screening on Friday. Um, and I couldn't believe how many people were here for it. Yeah. Like, I tweeted out about it and it was kind of making the rounds a little bit. Um, but fuck me, man. It was like nearly 300 people and on a Friday, four o'clock. Yeah, dude. And it's like Irish every room. screening, it yeah. completely sells out. On Saturday, yeah. everything go. We had three screenings on Saturday and they were mm-hmm. all sold out. And people yeah. came, like, yeah. just from the street, came in. We had to put, um, like, signs on the, the doors that everything yeah. we have today yeah. was sold out. Yeah. It's so. a pretty crazy weekend. Yeah. Because people were coming out not only to the Irishman, but they were coming to see the crow and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it was a busy weekend this past weekend. But, yeah, it was it's cool. I mean, those two screenings on Saturday, well, two of the screenings on Saturday of the three were downstairs. So, that means, yeah. like, 300 people, 300 people. So, that's 600. Plus, you got a another 104 upstairs so 704 people came out to see the Irishman. that's so cool man <laughs> on saturday and that's amazing and in the, in the screening yeah. that that i was in it was like a such a cool audience man they were like so engaged yeah for, yeah for the whole movie yeah it was pretty good in the screening i was in when i was watching it on the second screening on friday because uh it was busy um like it's a long film so obviously a couple of people were getting up yeah. and stuff but it wasn't too bad like you know it wasn't too much disturbance of people getting up and stuff which was good yeah. people i guess knew what they were getting into before yeah. they came out which is good um but yeah there was uh there was a guy next to me who i have no idea if he was like about to eat like a subway sandwich or something i don't know it didn't smell so i was at least like okay that's yeah. good but the rustling in his bag it sounded like you know the way like a rolled yeah. sandwich sounds yeah. like it was just like that for like three minutes, just trying to. I was like, God, that thing just, people do when they're like, you know, like, okay, I'm in a quiet screen. You're not going to open this real quiet. Yeah. In the course of ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it sound even louder. Yeah. Just do it really quick. Just make it like a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Just get it in. over with. <laughs> but yeah, um, really fun film though. Uh, yeah. I was really yeah. excited to finally see it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, it's doesn't feel as long as it is actually not one bit. and as a lot of people have said it does earn its length it's like it's absolutely it's, yeah. it's totally worthy of that yeah um, totally. I, I think the first time i saw it um i like chose my seat so that i could leave and grab another drink or whatever at some yeah. point you know um i was like you know mentally preparing like okay it's just like watching a two-hour movie and then an hour and a half movie and I finished my drink and not once found like the right time, you know, to go again. It's just yeah. like you, each each scene holds its own in such a way that like pushes on to the next scene and everything. You, you don't want to leave that movie. Yeah. I mean, I was running into kind of the same thing because like obviously like I was um, filling the length and needed to use the toilet at one point mm-hmm. towards like, I don't know, the mid end. And I just couldn't get like I didn't w- w- yeah. want to get up. Totally. I didn't want to miss what was happening i could hold it i, I did the it. same so hold it in, like, <laughs> no oh, maybe not and then you're ah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just there's so much going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like, um, it's it is it's not like insanely action packed or anything. I mean, no. it is of course has to be filmed, but like you know, you got like uh, just a lot of important conversations going along. Yeah. Uh, a lot of important moments that it kind of build character or just mm-hmm. like situations for people so it's really nice that like it doesn't really feel there's such like a minority of um of like mob action in it you know i was thinking it's, it's kind of like a, a mob movie in the way that like uh raging bull is a boxing movie you know like it's yeah. not really that there's not much boxing in that movie yeah definitely and, yeah and, and and like the violence and stuff in the irishman is is superbly done it's like really really good but it's it's by no means the center of of the film I yeah think, definitely yeah. yeah yeah it works so well because like um it's not really like as much about the mob and the mafia as it is just about a person who's yeah trying to make a a life for himself and his family who yeah. chooses a path that you think gives him everything but at the same time he's just left with nothing yeah. you know and it's like such a he human hardly sort of, even he hardly chooses it yeah you know? like, like if you compare it to like um like Ray Liotta and mm. Goodfellas. Yeah, definitely. Where, where like the beginning of the movie is him basically saying like, these guys were cool. I wanted to be like these guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas in this, he just like, he kind of gets the chance. He kind of takes it. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. never like, it never has that like propulsive willpower going to the top kind of thing, you know? He's just like, he's going along with it. it yeah, he just it's finds like, himself in that situation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he just likes it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Caroline, you said last week that you hadn't seen many Scorsese films. Yeah. And you were like, oh, well, I'm going to catch this. So what do you think? Because has not seen many. I really liked it. Um, I have to admit, it did feel quite long. But at the same time, I didn't know what to cut away, you know. Like, because it felt like, yeah, I didn't know what I would what I would cut out of it. Because it, it, the whole thing is so, I, I really enjoyed all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was really good. Uh, I think the acting is great, and uh, I found it really funny. I was laughing a lot, yeah. which kind of surprised me that I found it that funny. Yeah, there's it a lot of great. good humor in it, to be honest. Yeah, and I think the pacing of the humor in it is is cool as well. You know, because like you get to you know stretches of the movie, relatively long stretches where the mood is more somber or more intense or more whatever. Um, but they still like 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 in the final section, you know, like. When when Action Bronson's on yeah, screen. Yeah. God, yeah, yeah. It's so funny out of that nowhere, you know? I'm glad you brought that up because I knew I was going to forget to mention Action <laughs> Bronson, but it was hilarious just he seeing him, yeah, him pop up. Yeah, 300 people all loved just yeah. Yeah. Action Bronson on screen, you know? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he's just a funny character in general and seeing him, I mean, I know this isn't what I should think of when I see someone, but, you know... When I see him, I just instantly think of him hanging out with Tyler Green. <laughs> 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 just like bad green screen behind him and stuff. Yes! But it actually, it was like really good. Like, I mean, he's a bit of a like humor fodder, really. But at the same time, it's like he is really good yeah. in that yeah, totally. split yeah. little second. He nails it. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of details about the film. We're going to try to be good and not spoil too much. For you guys so uh spoiler alert just in case uh if something comes out we'll try to be good though um but you guys should go see the film and mm-hmm. then yeah, we definitely. said last week to go see the film so um you still have your chance to go see it for a full week here yeah and but choose to go to the cinema instead of waiting till it comes yeah, out because yeah. i could not have seen. watched this 
uh, on my laptop at home. No like, way. I would have been no. so too distracted. I would have, but I'd have watched it in like 40 minute installments, you know? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Once it's on Netflix, it's like a mini series, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely deserves to be seen on the big yeah. screen. And then, yes. I mean, we'll go into a little bit of like, it's like a little bit of info about like what was going on with that and how it made its way to Netflix. But I mean, you know, I just feel like it's worth your time seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. I can understand sure. if you can't make it out, if it's not available to you um, and you end up catching it like on Netflix, great. But um, if you have the opportunity, take it. Irishman is based on uh, the 2004 book, I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt, which uh, actually, you know, De Niro wanted them to kind of keep it as I Heard You Paint Houses. And it, it does actually have its title cards yeah. at the beginning and at the end of the film. Um, I Heard really You Paint cool Houses. Yeah. Too. Like yeah, yeah, driving down the road, it's fashion. Yeah, it's just cool. gigantic. Yeah. Too, just like, oh, you paint houses. <laughs> um, yeah, it went. It went into development as far back as 2007, actually. Um, after De Niro read the book, and then he took it to Scorsese, and uh, but it just went through development hell because there was a lot of rewrites, and um, Scorsese was in the meantime, like he ended up directing three films yeah. in that time. So he like made Hugo, Wolf of Wall Street and Silence all in that time before he even got made. Which is pretty guy. crazy. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also it marks the first uh, feature film directed by Scorsese that stars De Niro and Joe Pesci again since Casino back yeah. in 1995, which is insane. Yeah. But it's actually the first ever film to feature Al Pacino that Scorsese's directed. Which is wild. That's insane. Yeah. Although I did read last night when I was looking up some stuff about this that uh, Scorsese almost directed uh, Godfather Part Two. Really? But, yeah, because you know back then, like when these guys in that sort of era would be yeah. making these films and stuff, they would uh, they would make like that first film or whatever, and then they might not be as interested in yeah. making a sequel or something. And it lined up. I think Coppola, who like was good friends with like Roger Corman and stuff, and was a bit of a um, like a person who studied under Roger Corman wanted to get Scorsese to direct it based off of uh, his work on Mean Streets. And he was just like, oh, like, a, you know, yeah. he's, he's another protege of Corman. Just get him, get him in here. And uh, the producers were like, nah, like he's not a big enough name, mm. which I mean, I know, heard that fair enough. Coppola got uh, the conversation made by promising to do Godfather 2. Mm. Like he wasn't gonna do it, you know. Yeah, and and he wanted to make some weird movie about a guy listening to things, you know. Yeah, which is a badass film. It's such a good movie, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, I think the whole time about that final scene where he's just wailing on the sacks and it's just yeah, really yeah, it's so cool. I want to see it again because we played it a couple times over the last few years, but I just never gotten to see it in the cinema. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I want to see that. You know, I did say that it's the first film that Scorsese's directed since uh, that stars De Niro since 95 but to be honest it's not necessarily true because there was a film and it's a short film mm -hmm. uh, a little comedy uh, called The Audition that Scorsese directed in 2015 that also starred Leonardo DiCaprio and no uh, Brad Pitt where uh, De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio are going out for a role in the next uh, Martin Scorsese film <laughs> they had to compete against each other so if I can find that, if it's like online or whatever, I'll attach it to this episode when, yeah. we, when we tweet out about it. But yeah, um, sounds pretty funny. I've not seen it. I do remember actually when it came out, but I didn't realize that like Scorsese actually like directed that. Yeah. But yeah, wow. you know, but 
it's good to see the gang all back together really like um it's great and then i was kind of like you know an unvoiced opinion or an unvoiced fear before i went into it was that all of them had forgotten how to be good yeah like yeah whether it's two decades of doing basically nothing in joe Mm -hmm. pesci's case or like two decades of doing like meet the fuckers or whatever you know bad grandpa or or dirty grandpa dirty grandpa that's what it is yeah and just like i mean i was looking at the wikipedia page for for de niro uh and pacino and like dude from 2000 that they were in so many movies like Mm. more movies than they were in before 2000 yeah yeah all of them have a picture of like just their face superimposed on a gun. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like I, I think my wife had also uh, made sort of a similar statement about mm-hmm. that. Like um, she was just like, "Oh man, just like being in so many, so many films and stuff, and like you know, it's just some of the stuff is just like, what's going on? Yeah. And then yeah, to yeah. see that, hey, they still kind of have it, you know, like you know, they still fucking have it. You know? Al Pacino in the Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's yeah. let's remember that. Don yeah. Don did, did you watch that though? I I watched it. What was he like in it? Uh, he was cool, yeah, but right. like you you kept you watching, you're like, ah, oh, this is so cringe. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you're like, oh, but it's. It's Al Pacino, yeah, though, it's so, Al Pacino. but it is, is a, bit, a little bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it just shows that they're brilliant actors and maybe sometimes it's not so much um, them. It's just the material that is out there. And yeah. I don't know. And they, they, and they just like their performances, I think. I mean, that, 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 that changed. And I think like, especially in Pesci's case is more nuanced than like, than maybe you're used to from him. Yeah. But I, I think for the most part, they're all good for the same reasons yeah. that they've ever been good, like in a different context, mm-hmm. like, within one scene of, uh, of Pacino being on screen, he's like, he's doing that speech to the, uh, to, to the teamsters, you know, and he's just out there like screaming about stuff, you know, and, yeah. and you just get this feeling like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's back. Classic Pacino. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to like think of what I thought, uh, you know, about all the actors and stuff. And you know, I've heard about how it was like one of De Niro's best performances, maybe of all time that yeah. he's done. And it certainly was. But I was like floored by Pacino, to be honest. Like, yeah, uh, I was really surprised. Like, I was like, holy crap! Like, um, yeah. for me, I almost felt like he, for you know, for me, he it felt like he sort of stole the film, like stole my attention. I, it probably didn't help that he sort of reminded me a bit of a big baby at times, like um, which was just <laughs> funny to watch, like just his movements and stuff, and yeah. like um, just the way he portrayed Hoffa, like yeah. it's just being this sort of man who gets his way a lot, and when he doesn't get his way, he's sort of pouty and yeah. upset and stuff. And um, and you're, you're right about really his movements as well. You know, like that. There's a couple bits of like uh of 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 movement like when everybody's chanting hoffa at one of his things mm-hmm. he does this little dance oh yeah that little like dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> he reminded me a lot of my little nephew um i like actually did kind of like whisper it over to my wife i was like oh this is like guy my nephew guy and then we just both sort of like started to giggle watching him because it was just every movement <laughs> yeah. and then everything he was saying it just like little wise guy you know but yeah um it's really funny, but yeah, uh, sorry, um, Joe Pesci though, yeah. he, like you said, is a bit more nuanced, but at the same time, he still remained like he normally does in 
particularly in like a Scorsese film, yeah. somehow so terrifying. So scary, <laughs> man. So scary. So that that scene when yeah. um and and I don't want to give anything away. It's a vital scene, really. But mm. when they have probably the most important conversation of of either of their lives over those little packs of cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pouring rice puffs, and, yeah. and he's just like, he's just this old man who uh, he has a line, something along the lines of like, it couldn't be helped or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. And and his way of delivering it is like so quiet and like he, he just doesn't stutter, you know. Yeah, he just like yeah. he gets it out, and and it's just like it's like cold, you know. Just that stern face. Well, speaking of Joe Pesci, you know, it's a first film role since what was it 2010s um love ranch i think was sure. he was in and then he also appeared in like de niro's film i can't remember what it's called right now but i mean he hasn't been acting properly since no. like the since early like 2000s, the 2000s yeah. Yeah, yeah i think he had like a couple of uh like voice acting roles yeah yeah a couple of voice acting roles and he's appeared in like a, he was in a snickers advert in america um but he's, a, he's also got he, an album coming out yeah he he left acting to focus on his family and just to kind of get out of the business a bit and also focus on jazz music and stuff yeah. uh we were joking a little bit last week about his music and stuff and found out that he was doing that album for my cousin Vinny back in the day like yeah they're like mid 90s or something like that the and um he yeah had a rap song called wise guy <laughs> so check that out it's pretty funny he apparently refused multiple 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 times mm-hmm. to come back to this film and uh some were saying that it was about 50 times they had to ask him Jeez. before he finally did it and uh i think scorsese said it was even more than that. <laughs> i mean it wouldn't have worked no one else could have done that yeah you know? Even Kaitel, if like Kaitel went into that role, like there's no way, you know. Yeah, it's just passion. It wouldn't it's have been be. the same at yeah. all. But it's good to see Kaitel as well. Actually, this was the first time he had been in a Scorsese film since uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Apparently, really, yeah. Jeez. And um, yeah, like that. I mean, that was great to see. In a way, he had a very important role in the film, uh-huh. but at the same time, he wasn't really much. I mean, he was in it, but you would see him, but he maybe had one line. Yeah. Like, which was a surprise for me. I did did find that a bit surprising. I but. think that was the same as a few characters in it. There's also the guy who, like, I think is not literally called Fat Tony, but something oh, yeah. along oh, those yeah. lines, you know? Tony? And uh, I don't know, like like um, Bobby Kennedy and things, you know, these, mm-hmm. like, characters who are vital to the story and if yeah. it was like made like a more traditional epic i think would have focused on them like a lot more but yeah the film was like so zoomed in on uh on de niro's character that 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 you just kind of assume what these guys are doing around the side you know these much more important players yeah definitely so what'd you guys think of the de-aging stuff i know that was a bit of a thing particularly yeah. when the trailer came out and i know a lot of people found that a bit funny and people knew going into it because it was rumored that they were going to use some de-aging to kind of tell the story through the time and of course all the characters in real life are in their 70s mm-hmm. so we de-aged them using some of that benjamin button magic um but obviously it's a little bit more advanced now yeah but yeah what do you bit. think of it i mean i think that the worst bits in the trailer yeah definitely know? him driving that truck is 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 the worst bit and yeah i've so i've now seen that bit three times i've seen mm-hmm. the beginning three times and each time you see it and you're like Eesh, you know because it's all it also feels like it's the not the technology that's necessarily limiting it because he's how old is he supposed to be there like 40 maybe? yeah he's meant yeah. to be like or maybe even earlier right yeah and he's still got those deep wrinkles on his yeah head. like just two mm-hmm. of them um 
but you know, I, I I think that it's the minority of the movie which is like that, and then you also you forget about it. You know, yeah. you move past yeah. it pretty quick. I think the only bit which suffers for it is one scene of physical violence, which you know that scene when when, when with a store owner, mm-hmm. um, and 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 De Niro goes and beats this dude up. Yeah, and the way the scene plays out is kind of like that scene when um in the Godfather, you know, where Sonny beats up the dude who hit his sister. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he's like just wailing on him in the street and the dude's like screaming and like, it's like brutal, you know? And the dude's screaming in this, but, you know, it's an old man acting it and, and you can see it in his movements. His, his kicks don't look that yeah, harsh. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the only time when, when you get taken out of it. I, I, I think you forget about it otherwise though, you know? Yeah, it's I kind of felt the same on. way. Like I knew it was coming and when, when you were there, it, it, it Certainly more noticeable at the beginning, but then as it goes on, obviously they get older, but also yeah. it just like looks like it was better. Like, you yeah. know, and I forgot about it. And also I, I think you're just kind of like, fuck, who cares? It's yeah, like we're totally, seeing another man. Scorsese film on the big screen with De Niro totally. and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci in it. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's also, fucking awesome. <laughs> it's not like he's ever, he's never like aged a character. You know? Yeah. He's done yeah. that a ton of times in it. It never looks perfect, and, mm-hmm. and you just forget about it because it's like it, it, the performance is like pushy past it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's something we're gonna have to maybe look like forward to it being a part of our our lives going forward. That like they will start using that yeah. more and more. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, to be honest, I get taken out of a lot of films when it's over an overabundance of CGI like in green screen and stuff yeah. like, um, and this didn't really use that. Like they weren't using like green screens and yeah, stuff. It's like yeah, they yeah. go in and just like alter. Yeah. Which is strange to think about, but you know, I mean, it's, if, if it gets better and better, you know, it's going to be something that obviously they'll continue to do. I mean, we've seen it with like, you know, star Wars and stuff yeah. in the last few years, they keep bringing people back that are dead. Are they <laughs> going to bring like James Dean? Yeah. Back yeah. This was Just something I heard. It. I don't yeah. like it. It's a bit that. weird. Like, I don't like it either. There but. can't be that much like recorded footage of him anyway. Like, yeah. That can't be good. It's not been in that. Know, it was like not in that many films. Yeah. It's going to be strange. I don't really know how they're going to get away with that, but it's a bit odd. Um, but in order to do all this like visual effects and stuff for the Irishman, they had industrial light and magic. Um, you know, good old friends, <laughs> good old friends, <laughs> George Lucas crew, right. uh, coming in and Pablo Hillman, those guys were the ones who, uh, handled all the visual effects and the de-aging and the budget for the film ended up being $159 million. Um, it originally started at a hundred million. Mm. Uh, it's got a pretty funny, funny little backstory with it. So originally it was going to be distributed in America by Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Um, with uh, this company called STX International, which is kind of a new company that's popped up in the last couple of years, um, handling the international distribution. And a Mexican company called Fabrica de Cine had uh, offered to pay $100 million to make the film. But due to the budget, like when it kept rising and stuff, they pulled out. And then when they pulled out, Paramount pulled out. And then somehow Netflix just won its way into the picture. <laughs> Which is really interesting because uh, they came to finance it. And I know there's a lot of stuff coming into it with, you know, the part of that deal brought that uh, Bob Dylan movie that we also showed here right. recently, yeah. like that documentary. So, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a 
interesting thing. I'm surprised Scorsese actually went with it in the end because he was a big proponent of like kind of being anti Netflix and stuff. But did you read the New York Times thing he wrote? Scorsese? Mm. He wrote like uh, an article being like what I said about Marvel movies and why. I said oh, it. yeah, I said yeah. I did like read that. that. Yeah. And, and yeah. he kind of addresses it in it, which is that, I mean, he doesn't defend Netflix necessarily, but he co- he sort of just says like, uh, that I couldn't have made the movie without it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like, it seems like it was a necessity. It was kind of like the only way. I mean, it's crazy that, that, that that's a thing. Yeah. Like the fact that Paramount would pull out, like, you know, these big film companies would yeah. pull out of someone like who's got the legendary status of Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like also because not, not that this is in any way what the movie is, but on paper you could totally sell it as the same kind of nostalgia trips that, that gets such easy funding. You yeah. Know? Just yeah. like the boys are back in town. Sort yeah, of thing, definitely. You know? And like, yeah, yeah, it's really strange that, that, that it was a necessity. Yeah. Um, but is it, I, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer that like we're showing it for such a short period of time because yeah. it's just going to be on Netflix and like, yeah. yeah. So that whole thing is that uh, t- typically before things go from the screen to your home viewing, there's a bit of an unspoken agreement of a 90 day window right? Um, where you would have like a 90 day release period. So typically big cinemas only abide by that sort of thing. Yeah. They have a, they have a 30 day window Netflix. And uh, so that means like they'll release their films about 30 days before it comes onto their streaming platform. But the thing is, the main reason why they do that is so that these films, particularly like The Irishman or something mm-hmm. like Dolomite is My Name and stuff like that, right. Aroma last year have an mm-hmm. ability to get into a certain number of screens to get into Oscar uh, and award season qualification. Right. You have to screen in a certain number of screens. Um, I mean, it could even be like you are in a screen in Hollywood, basically, yeah, and you're yeah. in there for like seven consecutive days uh, at certain times or whatever so it's a bit of a funny thing but that gets them into the you know the cinemas which is great for us in some respects because we get to show it um typically we don't get to see things on release yeah. you know yeah here it's prince charles unless if it's like something that just really fits us and we fight for it which we did have to you know you do have to kind of fight for titles like this but luckily like because of that whole 90 day agreement not being in place biggest you know chains like Odeon and cine world and stuff aren't showing yeah, it so right. um yeah we we reap the rewards <laughs> at the same time it sucks because you know there's a bit of criticism because netflix has like you know they don't really care because they're just trying to you know they don't care about the the cinema side of things because you know they're trying to get people to come subscribe to their platform yeah, right they'll get them in with the film like Irishman and hope they stay past that free month or whatever it yeah. is that they have uh, and keep them on as a yeah, subscriber yeah. and watch all their other stuff. Um, it's, so it's a, it's a gamble for them really, but there, there's a lot of criticism like that they're leaving millions off. and millions of you know dollars and pounds on the table. But, yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like, I don't know, man, like, isn't that over? It hasn't everybody gone part? Everybody who's subscribed to Netflix is subscribed to Netflix, you know? Yeah. It's not like huge Marty fans sitting at home being like, all right, here's my time. To get, <laughs> yeah, get like they haven't jumped in yet. Right. It, it, I mean, it's funny. I don't know. I guess it's also like, all right, so earlier in the podcast, like quite a few episodes back, uh, Ari and I had a sort of back and forth about Netflix and stuff. And we were both kind of like, 
we we agree that it's nice to have as a platform for people who are viewing films in a new way, like a way that you like, you know, not everyone's going to be able to afford to go pay a lot of money at the cinema to go see a sure. film. And that's fair enough. And it's great that there is something like Netflix where they can see great new films on big, you know, on their screens at their home. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're in a bit of a like streaming platform war right now as well. Like yeah. there's more and more platforms coming up and they're splitting up the, you know, the market and everything. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I know they're using things like Irishman, like, oh, Netflix, like yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. go to Hulu or don't go to Disney or don't go to Apple or whatever, you know, come, yeah. come watch us. But I mean, I think they're destroying the, that streaming industry. <laughs> yeah, man, they're <laughs> completely know? destroying themselves. Yeah. It's, it's such a bubble and it's going to yeah. burst. Man. Yeah, like, definitely. Did you, did, have you seen anything from the like Apple TV shows? No, I mean, I've jokingly sort of like was making fun of like the Jason Momoa show C yeah. or whatever. Just, but I mean, that's an Aquaman sort of joke for yeah. me. But um, I made that same joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, mean, I saw a clip from uh, the morning show with Steve Carell and mm-hmm. uh, and Rachel from Friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, God damn, it looks bad. Does it? Uh, it's like the most expensive TV show ever made. Yeah. And no one cares about that. Yeah, anyway. I mean... I don't know. I haven't heard anyone talking about being excited for no, Apple Plus or whatever yeah. it's called. I mean, you hear more people talking about the new Disney streaming service, but yeah. Disney have got like a, you know, a hold on everything. Yeah, like, yeah. and I don't know. Um, but yeah, all in all, at least we have Irishman for another week. Yeah. Um, and hopefully maybe a little bit after that, we'll see. I mean, we're heading into Christmas time, uh, you know, getting tight plus also Irishman isn't forever on the big screen because it is coming out on Netflix on the 27th so if you want to see it you should come see it here at the Prince Charles Cinema we all enjoyed it right yeah Yeah. we did it's also like I think worth saying in this context that like when I left the cinema I loved just movies you know yeah like when I saw it I left the screen with like yeah I don't know it's kind of a rare feeling where you're just like Jesus Christ what a just yeah, movies fucking rule, you know. Yeah, like, the power a film can yeah. have over you. It's yeah, certainly felt that way after seeing it as well. It was just like hell yes, yeah, like yeah. Right. But like I said, screening for the rest of this week that we're in. This episode comes out, starts again up for another whole week from the fifteenth of November. So come check it out. While we're here, before we go, Sam, we had you on. We were going to talk about uh, uh, what was it you wanted to talk about before? City lights. City lights. City lights. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we've got um, Charlie Chaplin City Lights that's playing on the 23rd of November on a Saturday at 3:30. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of like Chaplin's most famous films, uh, yeah. one of at least. Yeah. And uh, it's about a hapless but resilient tramp, played by Charlie Chaplin, of course. If it's the tramp, he falls in love with the blind flower girl, played by Virginia Trail, on the tough city streets upon learning that she and her grandmother are about to be evicted from the home the tramp undertakes a series of attempts to provide them with money that they need to help them out but after a drunken millionaire played by harry myers lavishly rewards uh, him for saving his life the tramp can change the flower girl's life forever or can he because <laughs> <laughs> when this guy gets sober he, he yeah. don't remember that's such so a fucking funny, funny thing yeah, man. Really like, funny. like it's it's literally like 
just uh, you know because the, the first time you see the millionaire he's drunk and yeah. just trying to kill himself yeah in such yeah. a crazy way he's tied a noose to his neck and a rock to the rope he's gonna yeah. throw it in the river and so like <laughs> what the movie says so explicitly is like a millionaire has to be crazy enough to end his own life to want to help out the guy. Definitely. Um, it was written and directed and starring, and it even had its film score composed by Charlie Chaplin. Stolen by. Uh, yeah, stolen by. Yeah, yeah, true. I was actually, that's my next line. Um, he composed the film score with, uh, it was written in six weeks with Arthur Johnson, who actually performed it and everything. Um, but the main theme that was used uh, for the, particularly with the Blind Flower Girl is the song La Violetera, which uh, translates to like, who will buy my violets? And um, it's from this uh, Spanish composer, Jose Padilla. But uh, yeah, he basically kind of nicked it yeah. from Jose Padilla and he lost a lawsuit uh, because he didn't credit him. <laughs> so I think later he was credited. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty funny. Um, wouldn't be the first time or the last time that Charlie Chaplin ran into a little bit of legal trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was his first film that he made during the sound era. Yeah. Um, it basically was in 1931 that this film came out, but he mm -hmm. started making it in like 1928. But yeah. around that time, he was making it like sound pictures to start to come out. And he just decided... Mm -hmm to go ahead and just make it silent because he was worried that like people wouldn't like well the tramp wouldn't you yeah. know translate very well but i mean he did he was able to compose the music for it and also using sounds the yeah. he was able to do a few gags here and there in the film it's kind of a really interesting thing you know it's like um it's not really a silent film like it's got it's got synchronized sound like, yeah there's yeah. a great gag where he swallows the whistle, the whistle yeah like hiccuping and the dogs yeah. are following him uh, it's hilarious and also the very right. beginning of the film you got all those people like you've got that guy doing giving that speech and everything and they're about to present yeah. the statue and the yeah. tramp sleeping on the <laughs> statue but um when he's like you know speaking his voice is yeah. and apparently that's charlie chaplin so that's the very first time you hear really? his voice on on screen i thought that was a yeah. kazoo yeah well he's like speaking through like it's basically oh, like no sort of like yeah, a, yeah. a weird kazoo type instrument thing yeah. that's such a great opening scene man <laughs> yeah. it sums up because they're, they're, they're unveiling a statue for like peace and prosperity right yeah. and it's just like such an empty gesture that it's literally got a homeless dude <laughs> sleeping on it <laughs> yeah um did you do you guys know that charlie chaplin for this film was like particularly just like a crazy 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 person no but <laughs> i was, can imagine it was uh very very much just like a perfectionist about things yeah. um apparently he reshot the scene uh where he buys the flower from the flower girl like 342 times no. and what? that was because he couldn't find a satisfactory way of showing that the blind girl thought that the tramp was wealthy which is <laughs> it's like it's so weird i mean in fact yeah. that it comes across yeah you know? I guess yeah it he does did it well he actually had to new, uh do numerous auditions for the actress to play the yeah. blind girl because um he just like couldn't find anyone to convince him that, that they were blind or whatever yeah. and he ended up finding virginia cheryl who was in the film uh because she, uh she was actually severely nearsighted and oh. she actually he like what Chaplin felt that like her unfocused gaze suggested blindness so <laughs> I wonder if it I mean she's a great actress yeah. otherwise it is convincing yeah it know? is yeah I guess you just stare into space a bit 
but also apparently he uh he apparently like acted out almost everyone's roles while they were you know set in the scenes and stuff because he just wanted them to sh- like to show them exactly how he wanted it to be done so yeah. he would like like for instance like with like the the newsboys i think they, one of the guys who played one of the newsboys like mentioned this where they you know he would come and act out their thing and then he would run over and play himself yeah. like the tramp character and then he'll run back and do the next movement and right then, and then once everyone sort of understood what he wanted then everyone could have their roles back <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you know I, I i believe that i was thinking during the um you know that scene when they go to the banquet and they're both like wasted yeah yeah, yeah. it's such a good scene but the, the billionaire in that is like he's kind of acting like chapman but you know like, like <laughs> every time anybody brushes him he like takes his jacket off to fight yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so like yeah physical. That's such a cool scene. Yeah. I love that scene. I mean, that famous, uh, the famous spaghetti guy yeah, 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 is yeah. really good where he's like eating spaghetti and he's slurping it in and then somehow gets caught in <laughs> with that curly streamer. <laughs> Carolyn, how many uh, Chaplin films had you seen? This is the only one. Is this the only yeah, one? Really? And it, it felt, I was really surprised how much I liked it actually because yeah. I was like, okay, it's going to be a little, little heavy maybe, but mm-hmm. it, I actually find it really, really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and the thing. Yeah, it was so funny and it so much happens. Like yeah. he go through like he starts here and then he goes boxing and like the woman and everything and that mm-hmm. just the whole thing. It was such a good film. Yeah. I loved it. The boxing scene is <sighs> so, so perfect. So yeah. Nice. So good. Yeah. Um I think the thing is with that is like and the reason why I asked you Caroline was because like I wasn't sure if you'd seen any Chaplin films. We never yeah. really talked about it before, but also you're younger and I'm always curious to see how like younger people who've never seen Chaplin before or mm-hmm. never seen Buster Keaton or something like that, mm-hmm. like think about those yeah. films yeah. because they're so fucking good and that's how they stand yeah, the test man. of time. It's like they just need to be seen by young people. I think it doesn't matter if it's black or white or a silent no, film. No, no, like no. people are going to love it if they see it. Yeah. Like um, particularly when we were up at uh end of the road festival last year we had like the cinema pop-up and um we showed we showed steamboat bill jr i think yeah and there was a few little kids in there and they were absolutely dying with laughter and it was oh. so, cool. so cool and i was just like That's yes awesome. yes thank you like because he it, is funny fucking hilarious yeah like, i think the comedy from from movies of that era comedy like stands the test of time mm-hmm. so much better you know yeah like um I don't know. I, I I did a module in silent film at, at uni, and I don't know. Watching like three hour epics or whatever yeah. from back then is can be kind of a drag. Yeah. But like comedy, so like it's, it's just that you know if you're laughing, you like it. Yeah. And and everybody laughs watching those movies. They're just funny. I think the best thing about those films in particular were the fact that like because they were silent films, uh, a lot of films either decide to do a lot of little bits of you know, the scenes and then you have title cards to kind of give you what's going on and carrying on the dialogue, you know, or there'll be like a little bit of scene and someone will be saying something and a title card will appear to give you the dialogue. Um, But I was watching this thing about Buster Keaton who worked very similar to the way that Chaplin would work his films. And he was like, I use maybe 50, you know, title cards throughout a film. Whereas all these other films would be using like hundreds and yeah, hundreds. Yeah. And it's like, you can tell cause they use so much action and like, you know, Chaplin does, does it so much in this film. And I mean, the famous scene at the end is one of the, 
most beautiful scenes ever. Yeah. And it's just like all in the face. You don't yeah. need you, like he doesn't need to convey the yeah. message. You get the point. Like I think that's like something that and we talked about it a little bit like with um films like even recently made, like where they try to just over explain what's going yeah. on. Like Blade Runner, we were talking about like all the f- mini versions of Blade Runner that came out and they yeah, just kept yeah, yeah. hammering on about like you know, what's going on? And like audiences don't need that. They just need, you just show them the action. Yeah. And, and show them the face. And, and the yeah. faces. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever see um that movie Birth? Nicole Kidman? Oh, I think so. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, uh, what's the name? Jonathan. Um, the dude who did Under the Skin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there, there, there's this one shot in that. It's just this close up of Nicole Kidman that's held for like, I don't know, two, three minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and it conveys absolutely yeah like yeah more than anything else in that movie it is just her face mm-hmm. man. and 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 th- that, that's what these movies relied on you know? yeah you yeah just had to do it yeah yeah because they like you know chaplin conveys so much from his face yeah anyway yeah, like it's um crazy. it's just yeah i mean i think more films could learn that way i mean obviously you have you have people like um I think Wes Anderson sort of gets it with yeah. his comedy of how to frame a scene the yeah. way they used to frame scenes back in the day. Like, and you see it a lot, like in his films and how he has his characters doing things in the physical comedy that's just contained inside of a frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just a shame that more people don't utilize that, like, and just over explain things and just kind of yeah. useless, like, and it doesn't mean anything, but also yeah. what an incredible, uh, like a lost art form of writing, mm. choosing which intercards to use. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it's also not like they put, you know, a big scroll of text on it or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like five words each time yeah. to, to convey the story, which ones yeah. are like absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I was saying something about like Virginia Cheryl like coming on because she had the good blind, convincing blind mm-hmm. face. Well, at um, one point she came back to the set late from an appointment or something and she kept uh charlie chaplin waiting a bit so he was really upset and apparently he wasn't very friendly with her anyway and he just fired her on the spot (laughs) uh and he intended which this is crazy because apparently he had been going for like about 22 months um with trying to shoot this film and uh he basically like it took about 180 days or something to shoot, which was the longest that he's ever done. But it was over a period of like 22 months, right. just back and forth, on and off. And his original intention after he fired Virginia Cheryl was to um, just reshoot the film with this actress named Georgia Hale, who <laughs> was in the gold rush with him. Wow. And uh, like apparently he even reshot the final scene with her. And that scene actually survived. Like it really? wasn't in any, it's, I don't think it was in like the film or anything like or any sort of releases at all, but like that footage actually survived. So it might be out there somewhere, wow. but um, yeah, it was just crazy. And he already spent like so much time and money on the film up to that point anyway, that uh, he just decided like, I can't do this. And Virginia Cheryl basically offered to come back when, you know, she found that yeah. out. That That's he was so like, funny, man. I need her back. And it was at double her original salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole movie is about like the strife of the working man yeah. and like shitty bosses and stuff. <laughs> and she's like, one day he's like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, apparently it was basically like 1.5 million was like how much was spent on this film, which is insane. That's wild. 
back in that time. But Did they make it big? He made five million, which is I think yeah. the biggest like box office of film yeah. of his had ever done. Wow. And it was one of the top films of that year, which is kind of crazy to think back in that time that like that wasn't the top. Yeah. But apparently it was like maybe fourth or something like that for that I year. Mean, I haven't checked what else came out that year, but you've got a picture that like uh Talkies you know, ring. Yeah, this is like <laughs> he's out there writing his up head for the New York Times being yeah. like what I said about talkies and why I said it. Yeah. Just doing the Scorsese. Yeah. All right, okay, great. That's a that's a really good parallel to make. Um particularly seeing that last night I was doing this at like one in the morning and I was chatting to Caroline a little bit saying I wasn't even sure if I was going to like keep in city lights yeah, yeah. or just see what happened with Irishman. And now I'm just like, okay, well we've shown a good parallel that yeah. this yeah. is just uh history repeating itself. <laughs> just <laughs> talkies versus, yeah. you know, Netflix streaming. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, I don't know. That film's nuts though. It's like, it's a lot going on. It's not very long, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I love films like that, but it's uh, it's beautiful. It's a really fun film. I don't know if it's my favorite Chaplin film, which is funny, like because it's one of the most, I guess, like one of the most popular ones. Yeah. But I don't know if it's my favorite, like because I really love the Gold Rush. But I even like you know, it's funny because the Kids is a shorter film, but I think like. Um, Kids, one of my favorites as well. There's something so touching about the kid, yeah. but at the same time, this film's got that lovely scene at the end that's amazing. It's just, but um, you know, yeah. I don't think that's a lovely scene. <laughs> I, I think she gives him the coin and, and goes yeah. back in the shop. You know, man, I, I, that's true. It is open for debate at the yeah. end. Although he takes his hand and she's like, <gasps> and his I, face kind of goes from to. this sort of like unsure to like yeah. hopefulness. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but, but I like, like to think that that they just. You like to think she just kicked him to the curb and said, get her, you <laughs> trainer. No, no. But she's just about to do that, man. She's so brutal. She she does that line. She goes, yeah, like, I think I have you. a suitor or whatever, you know. <laughs> and she goes out basically to keep laughing. She's holding the coin up like a dog treat for yeah. him. You know? <laughs> but then she recognizes him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, but he's not. every Because there's this wealthy guy that walks into the shop and she thought it was him. Yeah. yeah but it was right. not. Like, she's waiting. Come on. Yeah. Hey, we have to remember this was written by Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, know. I mean, I, I think it's funny how like, I don't know, that, that movie, would, I guess if it took that long, was made basically throughout the Great Depression, right? You know? Yeah, I like, mean, the Depression lasted almost up until like 41, I guess, like up right, until okay. basically when the war started, like right. in the 40, like yeah. 40 or something like that. Well, but I mean, I, I, I think it's like, you know, he's a crazy rich guy, mm -hmm. you know? I, but the movie is, like, really, really explicitly putting that in a bad light, you know? Yeah. It's really explicit. Like, the billionaire is the only rich character. And everybody around him, like, the butler is, like, corrupted yeah. by his money, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Chaplin, the guy make, who's making it, is, is that eccentric billionaire, sort of, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a, a, bit, a bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> I also think one more thing about that movie I thought was cool is that the whole movie basically is him having schemes to get that cash that she needs. Yeah. Right? That's the, yeah. essentially what it's about. And in the end, it's just theft. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so many schemes and he just runs with it. Yeah. I mean, he's a tramp though. I mean, he's kind of he is a tramp. Getting, getting his way. Um, it wouldn't be the last film that Chaplin did as a silent film though. His next film, he did the next, uh, we'll, we'll follow it up. 
Modern like Times. Modern Times, yeah. yeah. Um, followed up with Modern Times, and Modern Times also remains silent. But there was, I think, a scene where the tramp sang a song, and then you finally got to hear a voice of the tramp. Like there's a or there's like a scene where he's singing a bit, and it's not like properly singing yeah like but you know you hear his voice and that's the first time the tramp properly has a voice before yeah he goes on to the next which was i think great dictator was was up next after that oh yeah yeah um i never saw that you haven't seen great dictator no, I watch uh, it. yeah see that's another one i was i forgot to mention when i was talking about some of my favorites um great dictator great dictator is amazing yeah. but you know it's just insane that that was like you know before War, well, I think while they were filming World War Two, had just kicked off, right? And you know, he was just ballsy enough to just go like do an fu <laughs> Hitler and the Nazis, <laughs> which is uh, yeah. unbelievable. Shouts out Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> but it definitely this was the first Charlie Chaplin film I've seen. It definitely made me want to watch more. Yeah, yeah. like really, because I only seen um, as I told Sam before. I only seen. Like Metropolis and the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, like mm-hmm. black and white silent films, and I really like those. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and never seen Charlie Chaplin. I, I actually surprised that I I hadn't because we. I remember my my film teacher would like mention him as we were watching some of the others like silent films. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, never got to see it. My film teacher hated him. We watched like so many Buster Keaton movies. Yeah. And we were like, what about Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up about Charlie Don't Chaplin. you say his name. Well, Chaplin is the London boy. Yeah. yeah. It's from uh, Southeast, kind of near Elephant Castle and Camberwell area. Mm. I didn't actually know Walworth. he was like from London. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even know he was British. <laughs> his wife like renounced her American citizenship, I think, to hmm. become British. <laughs> Uh, Visa watch. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna do that, um, but I'll keep I'll keep my I'll keep my American citizenship if I ever get British citizenship as well. I'll do dual because I can. Unless if I make a lot of money and America wants to tax yeah. me a lot, and then I'll be like, okay. But I'm not worried about making a lot of money. No, look it's at not a fair, I'm yeah. not making anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's us wrapping up here. It was fun talking about, uh, you know, City Lights and the Irishman. City Lights, yeah. like you said, it's showing on Saturday, the 23rd of November, and that's playing at 3.30 p.m. Come check it out. Yeah. Good old London boy Charlie Chaplin on the big screen, um, sticking it to the man, although in reality he is the man. Yeah. <laughs> complex. It's but it's complex. okay. I mean, that's that's what we deal with in life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's changed <laughs> you know sam what do you what do you do outside the cinema besides helping your girlfriend not, start up a enterprise not much now that i'm helping my girlfriend start up an enterprise <laughs> um, I, I i'm writing i write stuff mm-hmm. um and since the since the masters stopped uh, i've kept going with that and i just have long phone calls with the, you know, Tower Hamlets hygiene department or whatever to try and yeah. schedule meetings and shit. That's really my life now. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, where can people find you online if you care for them to find you? If not, where can they find your... Uh, uh, your yeah, your just new, go on Instagram, go on Facebook and follow poyofleas.ldn. P-O-Y-O-F-L-E-A-S. P-O-Y-O-F-L-E-A-S. 
P-O-L-L-O-F-E-L-I-Z dot L-D-N. Um, so that's a great homemade traditional North Mexican food. It's very good. And when again did you say that that was hopefully going to be launched? Hopefully early December. Early December. You can find us on uh, on Deliveroo and Uber Eats. Hopefully, that's yeah. not a promise, but um, and hopefully like markets and shit will keep posted. Yeah, nice. Um, we'll try yeah. to keep you guys updated as well. How about you, Caroline? What do you got coming up? You're still working on your yeah. your 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 drawings for the lady. Your yeah. illustrations. I am. I'm gonna go straight as 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 soon as I'm done here. I'm gonna go straight upstairs and start drawing. Start drawing again, and <laughs> I saw she sent me some emails. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna reply to to her and uh, see, cause I want it. I dealt with it for a while now, and I just kind of just want to get it out of out of the way, and uh, hopefully I'll hand it in on time. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. So, cool. Where can people find you, Caroline? Um, Instagram, uh, which is uh, I think I, I think it's. Caroline H and then the Fresk. So Caroline H F R I S K. Yep. Um that, I think I think that's the one. Did you have any <laughs> luck trying to change your uh Twitter handle? I, I haven't yet. You need to get uh, on like but the I will. Computer. I How about listeners I will. listeners out there, give Caroline a new handle name. Yeah. I want to see if anyone can actually do this. Um what do you think Caroline's name should be on Twitter? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Help us out. Maybe we'll Please, do a poll. Let us know. Um, oh, yeah. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what it should be. Well, yeah, we'll do a poll. You come up with a few names. We'll run the poll. Okay. Uh, and we'll change it from, because <laughs> I always forget, is this Smile3300 or something like that? Oh, it's <laughs> not Smile. Smile. No. Whatever, gonna, how is uh, it pronounced? No, I'm not going to say it. It's silly. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's like when you're uh, a kid and you make your, like, you make yeah. your email yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh, Bieber, uh, something. <laughs> no, I was never. It's just Bieber. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's Bieber Fever twenty seven hundred. Yeah. That's your new handle. Ninety six. <laughs> Bieber Fever ninety six. Uh, and all this, you can find me at Tall for All. That's T A L L. The number four A L L on Twitter, Instagram, and that's my band's page on Facebook. Speaking of my band, we're gonna have a gig in hopefully January, playing Sick. a stripped down set. It's the Gladstone Arms. I'll keep shouting out about that as we go on, but it's really fun because it's not so loud and crazy. And it's they're just good. me all acoustic y, silly stuff. But yeah, it'll be fun. Thanks, mm-hmm. Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to follow the podcast, that is the PCC podcast on Twitter, or you can send us an email at podcast at princetrollcinema.com. As always, we try to read this stuff out. Uh, I've gotten a few emails lately of people wanting to be on the podcast. Apologies that I haven't gotten back to you, um, but I will consider uh, people coming on the podcast from outside the cinema, but at the moment we're kind of trying to keep it into the cinema base or or whatever, but we'll see what happens. Um, So, you know, keep sending emails. Maybe we'll work something out. (laughs) But yeah, as always, if you want anything ask us anything or tell us anything or say we were wrong about something, uh, just tweet us at the PCC podcast. We love to hear that we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me you hate me. <laughs> I live for that. Yeah. Sam, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, um, thanks. It's been really fun. Uh, we'll cool. have you on again hopefully soon if you want to come on to talk about that I Stanley Kubrick film. I got shit to say about Eyes Wide Shut, man. Yeah. 
that's what I meant to say earlier when I was kind of going, oh, what was it you wanted to talk about? Uh, 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 oh, yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. But yeah, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, cool. We'll yeah. talk about Eyes Wide Shut. Just look out for that in a couple of weeks because that's going to be playing for a whole week here at Parenthood Cinema. And we'll also have our big boy Rob on with us as well because I promised him that he could talk about that. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some weird conspiracies. Some, some not so weird conspiracies as well, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, cool. Cheers, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Cool, thanks. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks. And um, as always, rate, comment, subscribe, do whatever the hell it is you do. Five stars on Instagram. That doesn't exist, but you can make it happen. We can make this happen. And, smash um, that like button. Smash that like button. We love you. Bye-bye.